What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Splitting Uprights. My name is Sandy Burks, joined always by the incredible Drew Smith, who is now 23 years old. Welcome to Club 23, Drew. Uh, but you're only the only one because Stone and I are 24. And of course, I said Stone because Stone Paul is with us as always. Guys, week 13 is almost in the books, I guess. We still have one more game to go. We'll see if they play that. But we had a lot of fun this past weekend. It was Thanksgiving. It was partially ruined thanks to the Ravens. Um, but we'll recap Thanksgiving and all that went on with football, with the holiday, etc. But we're going to start always with best and worst. Drew, it was your birthday, Thanksgiving. I'll let you start with your best and worst of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, you said it right there, my best. Obviously, my birthday was on Thanksgiving this year, so I got to hang out with, with my family and eat some turkey and celebrate my birthday. Um, unfortunately, there was no three games because the, the first two games were boo-boo, garbage games, not fun to watch. But overall, it was a good birthday. I enjoyed it. My worst – well, actually, another best, too, is that I, I wanted fantasy. It gives me one chance. I got to win this week. Uh, and I need Brennan to lose to make the fantasy playoffs for our splitting uprights league. But my worst is the Colts lost. Uh, it was a game we needed to stay atop the AFC South. We're still in the playoff hunt, though, but it'd be nice to have a, a first-round home game. Um, but it's not looking that way right now. So that's my worst, man. You know, sucks staying on a Sunday with a loss. But still, what is your best and worst, my friend? I have no worst today. All best. I'm back in Conway. That means I'm back on the FIFA grind. Been playing a, a couple of games. Took me I was two weeks off. Took me a few games to get it right again, but I'm back playing FIFA. It's fun. It it rejuvenated my my want to play. My second best Thanksgiving, one of the best holidays because of the best food. And I got to see my girlfriend. I haven't seen her in like four months, five months, long distance relationship stuff. Got to go. And I so I flew to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, got to hang out with her. She's a coach up there. Uh, got to got to hang out, got to see Milwaukee, got to see this great state of Wisconsin. Never been there. So it's not Arkansas, but she was in New York. Wisconsin is better than New York from what I've seen. And the the uh activities that that are offered so that i had a had a good holiday break you're right stone wisconsin is not arkansas although i've heard from several people that they believe the two states are kind of similar i think it's because i have a little bit of family in wisconsin my best of the weekend of course has to be that my north Carolina charging wildcats beat our hated rival the cabot panthers to advance to our fifth consecutive state championship game it will be the first that I get to be a part of as an alumni, as a coach. So that's very exciting. My worst. So there is a thing I go to every week, and I can't be specific about this, but there's a couple I've met, and they're not young. They've got things. But um, to preface this story, I went to Barcelona last summer and spent a couple weeks there doing an internship. And the swinging there in Barcelona is like big so you get to understand like what it's like to be a swinger like, you know what that means and it became brutally obvious to me this past week that this couple is into swinging even though they've got like four or five kids and I could tell like that they were I don't know maybe they make advances on me and a couple other people I don't know it's neither here nor there so I think just people thinking that it's I don't know just I'm not big into the swinging atmosphere <laughs> So, yeah, that was certainly my worst. But, uh, yeah, Drew, I guess speak, uh, going off of your worst, I think Derrick Henry just stopped running against the Colts, uh, that number one defense in the league. Certainly didn't look like it on Sunday. So you want to start with that game, Drew, just to yeah. get it out of the way? Yeah, let's get it out of the way. I mean, obviously we talked about it, um, you know, not having Buckner. We also had a D-end who wasn't playing. That, that hurt us on the front seven. Um, it allowed – Derrick Henry and company to kind of run all over us. I mean, honestly, he did stop in the second half. He really killed us in the first half, and then they they, they kind of pulled the brakes from him because um, I have him on my fantasy team, so it hurt me on the inside that the Colts were getting ran all over, but um, I was happy to help me beat Stone this week in fantasy. 
Um, but, uh, I mean, it, it, it didn't look great for us. Obviously, a couple the last two weeks have been a real high for the Colts. Everyone's been talking about how good we are, and then we, we come out and we do that. Doesn't look good for us, but I still think the rest of the rest of the way we have a chance to win. Um, and I think I think this makes another case for the Titans that they're that they're a good team, they're a good football team. Uh, and when they kind of, kind of put all the parts together, and I told them, I said, you gotta give Henry the ball more. If you give Henry the ball more, you win the game. Uh, I know teams are gonna stack the box against Henry, Derrick Henry, but at the end of the day, he he's a monster. You know, he ran for what 170 yards and had three touchdowns um it it's tough to stop a guy like that and it doesn't help whenever offensively we're not firing on all cylinders it was cool to see Jacoby Brissett get some goal line touches at quarterback um I like that package a lot where he's quarterback allows us to kind of be a you know run a little bit of read option down in the end zone we talked about you know with the Cowboys how Dak needs to do that and the Cowboys need to do that more um, helped us get in the end zone a couple times in the first half. Uh, he got, a, he, I think he had two rushing touchdowns on the day. I'm pretty sure he had more fantasy points than uh, Philip Rivers did, and Phillips the starter. So it, it's tough. It was a tough week, but I, I'm I'm still optimistic on the season. I'm still think we can make it to the di- divisional round of the playoffs. I agree. I think because the the. There's, they say the NFL is, you know, a week to week league, and we see that all the time. Like, because these teams will be rolling, and then all of a sudden they'll just get beat. And I think, like, like the Raiders. I mean, they got absolutely trounced by the the Falcons. So mm-hmm. I think we saw how good they could be against the Chiefs, and then how bad they could be based off of just because maybe the preparation for you know the players or the coaches or whatever just wasn't as good. So with the, I'm not worried about the Colts at all. I still think they're a really good team. And like you said, they had injuries. They had guys out, especially like Buckner. He's been playing on a complete different level. So I don't, I'm not worried about the Colts at all. I still very high on them because they do have a really good defense and, you know, they just had an off week. So against the division opponent and, that's, I mean, that's bound to happen. So not worried about them. I would, I'm, I think they're going to be fine, especially in the playoffs. Cause I mean, they do, they have a veteran quarterback. They have a good defense. They'll be okay. I mean, they do two things that you have to be able to do to win in the playoffs. That's run the football and play defense. Uh, I think you have to be able to do those two things and everything else falls in place, but I, I'm still, I still have a few question marks about their offense. I think everyone does. But my larger question mark is how does that impact their playoff run? Because I think they will get there. I just – I'm very curious to see what it's going to look like for the Colts to win a game, like how that's going to look. But, yeah, it, Drew makes a good point about the uh, couple of players they had missing in that game. So, man, Drew, you hurt me bringing up those Raiders. Man, that's bad. <laughs> Dude, I don't. Okay. No, go, go ahead, Drew. I, I don't know what the heck happened. Um, I told you, Young Way Koo is the best fantasy kicker in he the did. NFL. I, I did. I so I have selective hearing. Uh, if you listen to our last episode, Drew said that, and I was not happy with him saying that. I if he did say best fantasy kicker, I did not hear him say that. I apologize to Drew because Young Way Koo has been amazing this year in fantasy. He wears number seven. I wore number seven in college, so there's a relationship there. Dude, yeah. how do you feel if you're Dan Quinn, <laughs> like, watching that game and watching your former team just blow up on the Raiders? After on the Raiders? About them beat the Chiefs for the second time this year. It's like – it's the NFL is so weird because of stuff like that. Like, every once in a while, like, you'll get the teams like like the Patriots where it's like they, they will never lose games like that. Like the Patriots will never because of their coach and the the atmosphere that they have, like the that it's just never gonna happen. But like every other team, like that's gonna happen. Like the Chiefs, that happened to the Chiefs this year. They were on a roll, you know, and all of a sudden they just get beat by the Raiders like pretty bad or not pretty bad, but like the Raiders were just like an average team at the time and beat them. And then like this week. 
or last week played them really well. And it's, it's so weird that the NFL is like that, where there's like one or two teams that like are never going to have a bad game. And then everybody else can be like winning great, like blowing people out and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like completely just get blown out. And it's, so, it's just weird. And it's because these dudes are professionals and that goes from the coaches to the players and it's the best of the best. And sometimes they just like something, something comes over them and they just play like gods. It's, it's like, it's honestly weird. Yeah. And at the end of the day, every team is a, is professionals. You know, these, are, these guys are all professional athletes as much as we dog on certain teams here and there, every single one of these guys is a professional any 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 given sunday someone can win it it just is what it is and except just, the jets except yeah. the jets this season yep. um for sure See, they, they they're the most consistent team this year too <laughs> well i mean some some would beg to differ about the steelers um i personally would not um but so yeah any given sunday team can come out and win and the falcons are a good team they have good players I honestly thought Dan Quinn was just a terrible coach um, and they got rid of him and we've seen them win a couple games here and there. So uh, I think, I think they're a good team, but I don't think they will be the same Falcons at, come this offseason. I think there's going to be a lot of changes um, on that organization as a whole. But speaking they did that of that with Julio. Yes, I, I, I don't. Yeah. And it's crazy to think, I know Sandy was loving watching Calvin Ridley catch touchdown passes. Um, but I, I don't think Julio will be on that team next year. In I my hope opinion. not. Neither Matt Ryan. For, for Julio's sake and Matt Ryan's sake, let's see them on a different, you know, in a different organization. You know, everyone's saying Matt Ryan to the Niners could happen. I think a lot of people would like to see that happen. But uh, I want to talk about a quick game. It's not worth talking about for too long. But the um, <clears throat> the New Orleans Saints-Denver Broncos game combined for less than 100 passing yards. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I can't believe what the NFL did to them by making them play this game with no quarterbacks. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sandy, I know we had I know we had a heated discussion about this this weekend, so I want to I want to hear your take. I wouldn't say heated. I would say very spirited. Here is the difference between what the Ravens are doing and what the Broncos are doing. The Broncos had a full week to practice. By the way, there is a spot on the roster which you call your emergency quarterback when emergencies happen. We have seen the emergency quarterback go in in games where he had no idea he was going to play. Something freak happened. I'm pretty sure for the longest time the Indianapolis Colts emergency quarterback was Curtis Painter, if I remember correctly. You have your emergency quarterback in place. You play the freaking game. The quarterbacks made a mistake. They slipped up. The organization paid a price. There was a Broncos receiver that said after the game, they felt that the NFL had singled them out to make a point to the rest of the league. I wholeheartedly buy into that, and I'm okay with it because you've got to teach these teams a lesson. And at least they had a whole day to know that they were going to play with their emergency quarterback. Some teams get into the game, and they have no idea, and they have to adjust on the fly. The Broncos paid the price. We paid the price as fans for having to watch that terrible game, but I have no problem with it whatsoever. I think the Ravens should have forfeited their game against the Steelers. I know it was a staff member that brought the virus into that facility, but he's an employee of the NFL. The Ravens are employees of the NFL, and you messed up. You cost your employer a ton, and you got to pay the price for it. Honestly, this is just a bunch of anti-Ravens bias coming out of me because my ex-roommate is a big Ravens honk. Really, he's just an anti-Patriots honk as well. <laughs> but I also get tired of a franchise who champions and bangs the drum for a quarterback that had a great year but is playing an unsustainable brand of football that will never capture the league's imagination as much as Mahomes is. So screw the Ravens. Screw them so much. I can't wait to watch them fail out of the playoffs. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but I do understand why people have a thing about the Broncos. Screw the Ravens. You can go ahead and say that guy's name. His name is Stefan Bonilia. We love we love, <laughs> we love, love calling him out on the podcast. You just offended Hispanics everywhere. Yes. It's, it's okay. I, I don't care. It's, it's a dig at Stefan. He said, I don't care about offending the Hispanics. <laughs> no, about Stefan. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. But so let's move on. Let, let's let's go ahead and talk about the, the Steelers Ravens. Hey, real quick, I do want to ask you this. When is the last time we've maybe seen a game where that so low a combined number of passing yards in a game? I can't imagine it's been any time recently. Like the seventies. I saw one of the NFL accounts that I follow posted it. It was like a snow game or yeah. something in the seventies, and literally they ran the ball like eighty times. That's it. Like wild. 100 plays or something, and 80 of them were runs. Well, the crazy thing is you would think if you're an Alvin Kamara um, owner, you'd be licking your chops. He'd get a lot of rushing attempts. I know he's a PPR guy as well, but Latavius Murray stole the show. He had 19 attempts, 124 yards, and two touchdowns, and Kamara didn't wasn't – I mean, I think he had like 10 points in fantasy. I don't know how many yards he had, but, you know, his stock has dropped with Taysom Hill at the quarterback. I mean, Taysom Hill's killing it right now. He all he does is rush for rushing touchdowns. He didn't throw the ball at all. But hey, it is what it is. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the Steelers Ravens game. Um, talk a little bit about how bad the COVID protocol has been, at, and it, when it comes to postponing this game and how far they're going to postpone it. Right now, it's scheduled for Wednesday, two forty kickoff, and that's because NBC wanted to host the annual Rockefeller lighting ceremony of the Christmas tree, which deservingly so, um, this game should come first. So what do you, what are y'all thoughts about uh, the overall, how, how the NFL's handled the situation? Drew, here's another reason why the Ravens should have forfeited this game. They're going to lose. <laughs> I mean, they're going to lose this game. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day. Never say the- die. <laughs> But I mean, they're not, they don't have Lamar. And I mean, no offense to Robert Griffin. He hasn't been the same since he hurt his knee. Um, the Steelers are red hot right now, both on defense and on offense. I would not, as a Ravens fan, I would not want to see this game be played. Well, no. yeah. what the, what the Raven or what the Steelers are bad at on defense, the Ravens are even worse at on offense. So exactly. like the Steelers, the worst part of their team, we talked about it, they're cornerbacks and they're, and they give up a lot. They force turnovers, but they do give up a lot of passing yards. And the other day, we kind of got in an argument about it, and especially, like, for fantasy starters. And you started T. Higgins against the Steelers, and you called it. You were like, he's going to score, like, 17 points. Or 15 Stop, points. stop. And what did he do? He scored, like, 21 or 20. Yeah. So, and it's because of the Steelers. Their, their cornerbacks are a little bit suspect, and they're a very aggressive team. So what happens is, is they, they get a they, – they give up big plays. So they're literally only a running team, and they like they throw to freaking uh, Andrews. Mark Andrews. So exactly. So who's they, out? They have no, they have basically no outside threats, none. And the Steelers are going to feast on them all night because they're just going to whoever's playing quarterback. They're just going to tell them, okay, fine, throw it to the receivers outside. Oh, you don't have any, and our corners are probably better than the receivers that you have which is crazy to say, but that's – I mean, the Ravens just are – they cannot throw the ball, and they're so centered around Lamar Jackson that it's kind of – yeah, it's it's inevitable. Well, and now you have J.K. Dobbins out as well. I believe Mark Mark Ingram is out. Um, no, they'll be back because the game's on Wednesday. I heard gotcha. that yesterday. Okay. I didn't know – Which may be a big reason why this game got moved to Wednesday as opposed to Thursday. Gotcha. Well, even then, I mean – I would say Marquise Brown. I know he hasn't had a great year. I could see him having a couple big plays because, like we said, if they just get one or two chances where he's faster than everyone and he just throws it and catches it, I could see him getting a couple long balls, but that's it. Uh, And then defensively, the Ravens are good, but they're only good if they're causing turnovers. And the Steelers have been really good this year about keeping the ball. James Conner's out, though, isn't he? Yeah, Yeah. but – that, know, that, team, that's like, that team does not run through James Conner. It, it, it is a big Ben and those four receivers. A big yeah. Benny Snell? No. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Benny Snell is going to get a lot of work. Yeah. He will, but I, I assume they're going to throw the ball a lot more than they will run the ball because they just, they're, just, they're, they're just deep at receiver. They don't have a standout guy, in my opinion, but they're all really good receivers. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch a Wednesday game in the middle of the day. Um, I don't I don't know how sure. that'll be. But uh, anytime we can watch football, that's a good time. But, Sandy, 
We got to talk about your squad. I get to take a victory lap. You get to take a victory lap, sir, against a team that we all thought was going to be make it make a good push for the playoffs and potentially make some noise in the playoffs. Is now sitting at six and five because your squad took a dub. Talk hey, about your Patriots. Here, the reason why I had faith in this game is because had really good game plans for some of the league's best quarterbacks, or at least the most electrifying. Lamar Jackson was shut down by Belichick and a freaking nor'easter that dumped rain on the region. Uh, they actually had a decent plan for the Kansas City offense, and we we could have won that game. Russ probably put up the most numbers on us, but we still could have won that game. So we've been in games where you would think these offenses are just going to shred our defense. But you know, Cam didn't even have a great game, but we make a the biggest play of the game besides Nick Folk hitting them folks from 50 yards was stopping the Cardinals on fourth and goal right before halftime. If that if they make that play, we probably don't win the game. So, it, okay, I I if I'm watching the Patriots play, I can never root against them. If I don't watch them play, I can at least come out of it saying, hey, it's cool we lost because that gives us a better draft pick. So I can't cheer against them when I watch. I, I I am not in the Jets mode. So it's real. It is really nice to get the win, and just to see the guys playing hard in a season that it almost seems inevitable we're not going to make the playoffs. But even then, they keep dragging me back, kind of like the Cowboys did earlier in the season. Stop doing this to me, guys. Stop playing good football and winning these games. And now they're not winning at all. The Cowboys. Jeez, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll hit on that. But, yeah, Drew, good time to be a Patriots fan. I'm settled into uh, the mindset that we're going to have a probably like 12 to 16 draft pick. So, hey, it's all fun when we get to beat up on Kyler Murray. Yeah, and I, I told you early on, Bill Belichick <clears throat> against running quarterbacks does a great job. You know, Lamar Jackson has a great game plan for him. You know, Russ has had good games but also hasn't had his best games against the Patriots. So, he does really good against those type of quarterbacks as a great game plan. Um, I just want to give a quick shout-out to the Chiefs and the Packers. Ooh. And a quick shout-out to Tyreek Hill as well. Freaking destroyed. If you had him in fantasy, you pretty much won your week unless your name is Brendan in our league. He lost because he had <laughs> negative <laughs> points after the noon games. But uh, pretty much everyone else, had to. if you had Tyreek Hill, you won the week. Mahomes is looking like Patty Mahomes again. A-Rod is killing it with the Packers. I mean, it's good football. And I think I think at this point, sorry, Mr. Unlimited, it is, it is a two-man race, in my opinion, between Rodgers and Mahomes for MVP. I know that is a tough call to make, but I, I think think it's time to, to, to say it's a two-man race between A-Rod and Mahomes. I'm ready to call it that. I know some people aren't, but. Look at Russ's next four games. He's going to probably average 300 yards passing. I don't think they're gonna have to. I don't think they're gonna have to throw the ball. Chris Carson is back and healthy. Him and Carlos Hyde together, I think, are a good one-two punch for them. I think they're gonna lean on them a little bit and save Russ for the playoffs. In my opinion, I, I, at this point, I don't think Russ cares anymore about the MVP race. I think he proved his point early Ooh. on. Um, but I, I think they care more about. I think he he and the team care more about winning the the championship than than him winning the MVP. At least in my opinion. But let's go ahead and talk about your Cowboys, Mr. Paul. Um, the first three quarters, they looked like it looked like a good football game. I mean, I it wasn't the best game, I'll say I'll admit it, but I enjoyed watching it. And then Antonio Gibson gave that man a turkey leg. He went dumb. And the cat like I've been I've been on the train where it's like I just want them to play well, and if they lose, cool, because we get a better draft pick. And we're right now we're basically locked into four. Mm -hmm. But with the Eagles losing, I don't know what's going to happen. With it's basically going to be the between the Eagles and the and the Cowboys for who's going to have the better draft pick in that division. But the Eagles have that tie, so that'll keep them if we like basically stay on pace together. Mm -hmm. That'll keep them behind us, which is good. But. The problem is, is the Bengals are probably not going to win a game again this year since Burrow's out. But who knows? They could shock somebody. They almost won this week. They only lost, but they played the Giants, so it's not like, it's not like they were playing some top dog or something. But yeah, they we completely imploded in the fourth quarter. So 
this is the setup for me. I was watching the game. I was like, man, we're really competitive today. And like, I'm not mad about that at all. And like defensive guys, like they looked like they were running to the ball and they looked like they were like into the game. And I was like, man, we're this, we might get a good draft pick and kind of take, maybe, maybe get some capital. I don't know. Probably not. We probably won't make any trades, but um, I was thinking, man, we we're, we're going to lose or we're, we're going to barely win. And I really don't care either way. But I went and ate Thanksgiving dinner, and it was like 16 to 20-something or whatever. I come back, and it's 41 to 16, and I was like, what happened? Like, what? And I, I saw some highlights, and it was basically just Gibson kind of just ran by our entire defense, and we just obviously couldn't move the ball on offense. I don't really care about this season. I, I pay attention because I do love the Cowboys, but Dak not being there and – we're kind of, we're kind of just, I don't know, kind of surviving on defense. I, I'm just like, I'm over it, and I try not to get too far into it because I get my hopes up, and I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Stone, what would Vince Lombardi have said if he had come back from Thanksgiving dinner to see the Cowboys down forty-one sixteen? What the hell's going on out here? Dude, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I I looked at the screen and I instantly text everybody and was like, "Are we really losing forty-one to sixteen? Like, what happened? I just ate dinner. I, that's I was gone for dinner and that's it. And then, oh, speaking of that, speaking of dinner, is it dinner or is it supper? Hmm. Is there time slots for which, which, and like where and when you eat at those, like for whatever it's called? Like, so is supper later or is dinner or is supper same, earlier and dinner you. later? I've got the answer to this. Supper is is something you call when you're fifty plus years old. You call it supper, <laughs> and that's when the seniors eat, and that's that's between five and six. Dinner is any time after that. There you go. Okay, <laughs> I'm I, I agree with that, Drew. I think it's a regional thing too. I think more Southerners will supper than, than dinner. Like, supper is more common down here than it would be north of the Mason-Dixon, I would imagine. That's just me. I should have, I should have brought that up in, the, in a restaurant, like to the waiter or the waitress, and see what they have done. Yeah. Be interesting. Maybe, maybe that would be a good poll question we can put out. Is it dinner or is it supper? Oh, that's dinner's gonna win that by a landslide. Dinner's gonna be the football team, and supper's gonna be the Cowboys. Tough. <laughs> <laughs> but that'll do it for our Week Twelve recap. Let's look ahead a a quick look into Week Thirteen. Some good matchups. Uh, I wouldn't normally call us a good matchup, but we've got the Saints going to Atlanta. Uh, the Saints without Hill potentially don't score a lot of points. Falcons could maybe put up a lot of points. We'll see that it's a good game, in my opinion. Um, the Browns surprisingly eight and three. The first time they've had a, uh, the first time they could potentially finish five hundred, and I think since two thousand and seven, they're eight and three right now. They play Tennessee in Tennessee. That's oh. a good. That's a good game. Uh, definitely tune into that one. That's a Sunday at noon. L.A. Rams go to Arizona. I know the Cardinals just lost, but I still think it's going to be a good game no matter what. That one's being played at th- uh, three o five or three at three o'clock on on Sunday. This was a good one for you, Sandy. I know the Chargers aren't a winning team, but New England goes to L.A. to play the Chargers. That's right yes, now that's, that's being called a pick'em game uh, with no clear winner. So yeah, because they don't know the Chargers don't know how to win. <laughs> dude, the Chargers pissed me off. They they are a good football team, but they yeah. really do not know how to close out games. Well, I think they've got good players. I don't know if they're a good football team. I think there's a difference, but they can play. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And I, it, I'm sorry to say this, but I think it's time to move on from Anthony Lynn and and, and, and them. He's a good coach, but he's proven that they cannot win. You see him in Hard Knocks, the way he can barbecue, dude. I'm all about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to go to his barbecue for sure. And then the final good game, in my opinion. The Bills, 49ers, and Sam in San Francisco on Monday night. Unfortunately, it'll be freaking ESPN game, but I think it'll be I think it'll be a good game. You know, the Niners prove that they they're still they're still a good team with all the injuries. They just got back Raheem Mostert, so you know 
it'll be a good game. We, so there's some good week 13 games here and there. Um, the NFC East, <laughs> unfortunately, they don't have a winnable game next week. The Giants play the Seahawks. The Eagles play the Packers. The football team plays the Steelers. And the Cowboys play the Ravens. They all play away. Expect the NFC East to stay 0-4 this week. But that'll do it for the look ahead into week 13. And we're going to take a quick ad timeout here from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. But once we get back, we'll be talking about some college football. And that'll do it for the NFL. And we're back to talk some college football. But real quick, Drew, you mentioned Anthony Nolan right before the break. And one thing I wanted to say about Anthony Nolan is I can't imagine another head coach that would make for a more fun father-in-law. That's all I had to say about Anthony Nolan. But now we're talking college football. I'm going to jump in real quick and take a victory lap for my position group. It was a big day for kickers as Sarah Fuller became the first female to play in a Power 5 conference game. Real quick, she's getting a lot of attention on the internet for a variety of things, one of which being the kick that she had. It was a kickoff, and a lot of people had their different opinions on it. Uh, I want to throw my hat in there because there were some weird things going on. For one, I fully believe it was a squib kick. I don't think that's a uh, that's an opinion in the minority. I do not believe she ever once practiced a kickoff. I, I, I say that because she was not kicking off a tee. It was a holder straight up from the ground. My belief was Vanderbilt realized there's a really good chance we're not going to score in this game. So we might as well let her kick off. She had not practiced this before, so they just said, hey, we're going to go out there. We're going to let the holder hold it and you're essentially going to strike it like a soccer ball. She did a little bit of both because it had a, a perfect rotation on it, what we would call 90-degree rotation. And that's why the kick looked the way it did. It was fully intended to be a squib kick, no return whatsoever. So, yeah, that's how it went. Hey, but she played. It's a win-win for all of us, for us kickers. You misogynistic freaks can say whatever you want. Not talking to you two, but, yeah, go kickers. So, Drew, big games from this weekend? Yes, there was there was a few big games. Um, before we dive into some of the analytical side of it, uh, shout-out to Penn State for getting their first dub of the year against Michigan. Goodbye, Jim Harbaugh, in my opinion. Hopefully he's gone. Drew, who's going to pay that buyout? Are you going to pay that buyout? He's got one year left, and then he's gone. But no one's paying that buyout. Somehow, some way, they need to find a way to get him out. A uh, huge, huge, huge shout-out to Patterson, the running back for Buffalo. Ties a FBS record with eight rushing touchdowns. Uh, I mean, I, as I told them, I, as I told Stone and Sandy, it's like they, they were playing the, the, the Heisman career mode on, on freshman, and you're running back trying to get your guy. <laughs> Was it Road to Glory? On. Road to Glory, yeah, Road to Glory. It's like you were playing that. I mean, completely blew it up. They scored 70 points. Uh, hey, against Kent State. If you if you were a quarterback on Road to Glory and you weren't averaging five touchdowns in the high school playoff games, you were not you were not very good. You were garbage, as well yeah. as, as we would say. You just, did, you just weren't trying to go to the big schools. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're trying to go to Liberty. True, true. Um, and a huge shout out to Liberty. They're nine and one right now. Huge shout out to Coastal Carolina. They covered and they're nine and zero. Oh. Uh, big big game next week, boys. Big game next week. Big college boy, game day. Hey, college oh, game day is going to Conway, but not Conway, Arkansas. Conway <laughs> to, 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 uh, to do the Coastal Carolina Liberty game. Shout out to Indiana for winning. They lost a quarterback, so I don't see them being any better. What's his than name, Stone? Was. What's his name? Michael Penix Jr. Thank you. I keep messing that up on the previous episodes. I have no idea why because I know how to spell it. I just messed it up for whatever reason. Yeah. So huge shout out to to um, to the boys in Indiana. I know I'm not an, a huge Indiana fan, but it's nice to see the state. No, you're not. It's nice to see the state of Indiana getting a dub and doing good. All right, get off my dick. Uh, no. Shout out to Whoa. shout out to shout out to Jonathan and the boys for getting their first dub of the year uh, in Stanford. And then shout the out big to, game. Shout out to Oregon State pulling the upset <laughs> against Oregon, making the Pac-12 look worse than ever. Done. Um, no they, they're no playoff for them. So let's go ahead and dive into some of these games. We're going to start off Northwestern, Michigan State. Michigan State pulls the upset in the worst uniforms ever. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we have much to say about this besides the fact that Northwestern is now out of the Big Ten really race, apparently. Sandy, what are your thoughts on this one? I think everyone's left out of the Big Ten race. I mean, if Ohio State truly is not able to play their last two games, I will backtrack on what I said last week. Now, if they only play five games, I don't see how you can really put them in into the playoffs. So I think the Big Ten's done. Yeah, Northwestern, that was a game that, you know, with Pat Fitzgerald, they tend, they, they win games they're not supposed to win. They're, they're always a well-coached football team. That was not a game I expected them to, to lose. I'll say this, that field goal that Michigan State hit to take the lead was one of the ugliest-looking balls. I thought it had no chance of going in, and it comes back. Dude. It was so uh, bad. That was a crusher. But, yeah, you just think Northwestern with a the road ahead to get into the Big Ten championship game, and you blow it to Michigan State. It hurts for me. I'm a Pat Fitzgerald fan. It's not to be this year. Oh, boy. So we'll see. But it was fun while it lasted. It always is with those Wildcats at Northwestern. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I know. And it sucked. Now, Stone, I know you were super high on this team as, a, as an upset squad, but Pittsburgh and, and Clemson played. Clemson, um, they won 52 to 17. Give me your thoughts on this one. Well, we called them the Super Waffy, but they were more like the Supper Waffy to Clemson because they got feasted on. And <laughs> I, I mean, I legit like it's funny. Like it's actually funny that um, like there's that like stigma that they're like this team that upsets people, which they do. Well, it's well learned. There's there's a history there, and that's why people talk about it. But I, I mean, it's just kind of it's it's bad that they just got beat that bad, you know. And Clemson's been down. I would say Clemson, like, over the last couple of weeks has been kind of down. Now, and especially, like, being covered against, they've gotten – when the spread has been pretty big, Clemson, like, has gotten covered on every time. Mm-hmm. So, I was very disappointed in the way that they showed up. I thought it was going to be a much different game than it was, and they absolutely – I looked – I checked – I remember looking at my phone, and I saw it, and I texted everybody and was like, well – I had I don't think there's a chance in hell that they're gonna even like I said they were gonna win, <laughs> and I was after I saw that I was like I don't think there's a chance in hell that they're gonna come back. There's no way. Yeah, no, and it was nice to see Trevor Lawrence back playing. He had 403 yards and two touchdowns. Now I'm not a huge fan of their purple uniforms, but um, they're all right. I'm just not a huge fan of the color purple, um, but it. it, it it's nice to see Clemson playing good football. Um, obviously, I think <laughs> shouldn't be too nice for you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think that they're probably going to beat Notre Dame in the AC or the, yeah, the ACC championship game. Um, so, unfortunately, uh, we might not make the playoffs. But uh, Clemson is a good football team. You know, I like to see them do well. I like Dabo Sweeney. I like Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think he's one of the best college football quarterbacks we've seen in a very long time. Uh, and I didn't mention this earlier, but huge shout out to, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. The, the Ole Miss head coach, Bro. Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, huge shout out to him for winning his first egg bowl. Hey, um, you see that pic of him and his, uh, of the, that dude having the egg bowl trophy in his office and people yeah. think there's a massive bag of cocaine in the background. <laughs> yeah. But huge shout out to him for winning the first egg bowl against. Who spots that? How do you see that? That was a good. People pick. got a lot of time on their hands. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and talk about the Notre Dame game now against North Carolina. Like I mentioned in our picks, it was the last test for Notre Dame before probably being undefeated. They play Syracuse this week. Should be a cakewalk after Syracuse spiked the ball on fourth and goal with seconds remaining in the game. Almost worse than the uh, than the Arkansas high school team spiking the ball or oh. taking a knee uh, with seconds left in the game. But Notre Dame wins the game 31-17. I didn't get to watch a lot of it, but, I mean, we handle business. You know, it, it is what it is. Notre Dame does. It seems like we don't play the best in the first half, and then as the game goes on, we slowly, slowly win these games. Ian Book's doing his thing. I know, Stone, you love our running back. Um, yes, Williams. Williams. Yep, he 124 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. I mean, 
Notre Dame just finds a way to win games right now, and it makes me happy to see that because in the past, there's definitely been games where we've we've should have easily won the uh, the game, and and we come out and we we play we play not good football, and we end up losing. So I love these years whenever we're able to kind of pull it all together and go out and win these games. And this year is looking like a year where we're probably not going to, we're not better than Bama. We're not, we're barely better than no. Clemson uh, without, oh. Trevor, without Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Yeah, let me finish. But with Trevor Lawrence, I don't think we're better than them. I don't think we're better than Florida. Uh, A&M, I don't think we're better than A&M. So it's one of those years where if we make the college football playoff, I'll be happy, but I don't expect more out of us, but you never know. You know, you never know. Um, but something that I think that all makes us all happy, Iowa State goes to Texas and beats them on Friday. Oh, it's so good. Go ahead, Sandy. T- tell me tell me your thoughts on, on how happy this makes you. Hey, hook him down. Hook him down. I hate Texas. I will say this, though. I like Sam Ellinger. There aren't many players that you see where the, you can just see their passion leaping out of their uniform. He's one of those. I, I do respect him as a player, uh, as an athlete. So, I like seeing him do well, but I love seeing Texas lose and watching them just uh, watching Iowa State drive down the field on that last drive, dude. They made it look so clinical, and Texas knew what was coming. They couldn't do anything about it. And uh, Matt Campbell having Iowa State look like what we thought they would look like throughout the season hasn't gone his way at times. But oh, I love watching Iowa State beat Texas. Shout out to Cameron Dicker though from fifty-seven yards. Would have made that from 66, 67, but it hooked left just at the end. So, hey, we love it, Drew. Knocks Texas down another rung in hell and maybe one more. Maybe one more rung in hell. So, Hook em. we like seeing that. Hook them down. Yeah. No, I, it's like I mentioned in our picks, I love seeing Texas lose on the day after Thanksgiving and they did it. And, Makes me happy, dude. Uh, nothing better than watching Texas lose. I think Iowa State's actually a good football program. They've always been for a while, so that's good. Um, but let's go to some SEC football. Uh, Arkansas did not play this weekend, correct? No. Shout out to the COVIDs. Yeah. Shout out to the COVIDs. But A&M played their first game in a couple weeks against LSU. A very uneventful game, if we're being honest. Bad. Um, from both sides. Was not a very – fun game to watch it's kind of ugly game especially since two years ago they played in the one of the best games in college football history where they went 70 70 whatever 74 to 73 or something like that so very surprising but Aiden pulls it out 20 to 7 I gotta watch a little bit of this with um my girlfriend and some of her AM friends you know AM it's kind of the same boat as Notre Dame they don't look like a team that's gonna just come out and straight up beat you like Bama does but they just find a way to win uh, Isaiah Spiller looks like a back next year that could, that could potentially go for the Heisman Trophy, in my opinion, if 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 AM can lean on him, because I, I believe Mon's done after this year. Um, so Isaiah Spiller is really good. LSU has a quarterback crisis. Their two quarterbacks um, both played really bad. AM did a really good job of putting pressure on them, though. Uh, both of them, I believe, are freshmen. So, I mean, LSU is not in a great spot. I know they beat Arkansas, but if I'm an Arkansas fan right now, I feel like I'm in a better position than, than LSU in the we future. Because um, LSU just – they just not they just not look good anymore. You know, they, they've, got, they've got talent on the outside. Marshall Jr. Not anymore. He just opted out. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. I mean, they lost Chase at the beginning of the year. He might have he might have made a difference in some games this year, but – they, they just don't look like a good football team. and It sucks to see after the year they just had, but that's what happens when you lose a bunch of, you know, NFL talent. Hey, but, the kids have every right to do that, but this is setting a bad precedent, in my opinion, for college football. Like, we, we the it's one thing for a bowl game, a meaningless bowl game, but now that the door is open for kids just to opt out whenever the season's not going the way they thought it would, I, I get it. It's their life. They can do it. It's their NFL career on the horizon. But I just know, like, as as – as an athlete, dude, I mean, that's your team, man. The worst one, the worst one was the dude from Bateman, I think is his name. Minnesota, yeah. That's the worst one because he opted out because they weren't going to play. The Big Ten wasn't going to play. And then when they decided to come back, he made a big deal about coming back. 
Like he made a big deal about being with his teammates and coming back and playing and doing all that. Well, then they go and they suck. They Minnesota's playing bad now. And so basically because they're bad, he's are he's he's done. He he opts out. He made a big deal about coming back, which I understand. Like he was told they weren't gonna play, so he was like, screw it, I'm just gonna go to the NFL then. And then signed an agent and then had to make a they they had to do all this stuff for him to come back. The NCAA lets him come back and he opts out anyways. It's just like I get it too. Like I don't want you to get hurt and I want you to make your money and everything, but it's like, dude, what about your teammates? And and you basically just quit playing because you're bad. If they were good, he wouldn't have stopped. He would have he would have kept playing. But because they're bad, he you know he's gonna he's basically shutting it down. Which we aren't behind the scenes. We don't know what's going on. But it just to me, it's like it's obvious that that he was like, okay, we're not good, so I'm just gonna. And again, we don't want to sound insensitive because I can tell you from experience that Drew and Stone are two guys who know as well as anyone that the. In one snap, your career can end or something free can happen. All it takes is one snap, not even one game. It's just one snap of the football. Boom, your career is gone like that. But I don't know. It's like if, if you're not going to play, just don't play the season then. Like I just don't like the idea of that's your team, man. Yeah. I don't know. But I do understand it. I get where yeah, you're coming from. I just don't like it. The only thing I'm against is just like your team, especially him, he's a really good player your team relies on you. So it's like, why would you, why would you come back? And then all of a sudden just be like, no, I'm done because, which I'm sure he had coaches tell him that it's all right and all this stuff. And they were probably on his side, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just being a team, always being like a team guy and wanting to do whatever for my team. Like I, I just don't think I could opt out no matter how much money was on the line. Yeah. No. I mean, I think it's a tough decision for everyone, but you know, it's just one of those things where it's a, it's a crazy year. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's weird to see people all start opting out during the season where we're used to seeing it maybe for like a, for a bowl game here and there, but yeah, it's, it's different. I, I get it for a bowl game. Yeah. It's different for a bowl game, but for just like the regular season, just because your team's not doing good, you should not opt out. You should just finish the season, finish the season. Um, I, and if I'm an NFL coach, it looks, it looks a little weird to me. Uh, again, bowl games are one thing, but just to opt out of the season, it looks like you're quitting on the team. Doesn't look like you're a team guy. Me personally, you know, wanting to coach in the future, I, I wouldn't want a guy like that on my squad, but you know, it, it's also their decisions. They, they're having, trying to make decisions for their, for their future, for their career. So it's tough for sure. But, uh, let's go ahead and move on to Florida and Kentucky and really not much. So the game, but just Kyle Trask in general and Kyle Pitts, I mean, there, he's listed as a tight end, correct? Pitts is <laughs> yeah, on he, paper. He yeah, is, he is electric. I mean, I've seen him for our you know hashtag Waterdong plays. Pitts is he doesn't just catch you know end zone balls like he catches balls and makes plays. Like he is a playmaker at the tight end position. He is an he's what Evan Ingram should have been in the NFL. Um, hopefully, Pitts will come into the NFL next year and and be dominant but Trask is looking like a but he his draft stock is raising really fast I could see him going in the first round maybe he's a first rounder now that people are projecting I'm sure maybe even a, a top 15 honestly depending on if who where the where the draft stock goes and if a team makes some moves because he looks like a NFL quarterback on PAT yes pats 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 um yeah but yeah, so I mean that's that's Trask. I mean, there's not much more to say about Florida. They're a good football team, um, but they have one test at that. I don't think they're going to overcome because this team looks really freaking good. Alabama. Um, Sandy, do you have any thoughts about this Bama football team? There, there are teams playing good football, and then there's Alabama. They, they are head and shoulders above everyone that's playing college football right now. And honestly, it's really not even close uh i i'll go ahead we, we talked to a player drew and i did in an interview and he said off the record that we, he has experience with this team with clemson and he said he didn't think that clemson was nearly as good as they have been in years past and he would know from playing them so 
they've looked good, but I will take him at his word. And I just think Alabama really is head and shoulders above everyone else until proven otherwise. They just look that much better. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Mac Jones is playing really good football. He's got really good players around him that are better than the players they're going up against. But, listen, you can, you, you can play who you play, and you play with who you've got around you, and you play against who you've got in front of you. And right now, they're just making everyone look silly. How do you cover Devonta Smith? You have the new guy. Gosh, I hate not knowing names. It's like Billingsworth or something, but the, the new receiver they've got, number 17, I think. He can yeah. freaking play. I mean, Jahil good luck. Billingsworth? Yeah, something. the defense looks great. Billingsley, I think, is the name. Billingsley. I hate not knowing names. The defense looks good. So, have fun with whoever gets them in the playoff. Yeah. Explosive, man. Hey, Stone, you were right about that kid, Patrick Certain. He, he might be the best player on that roster. Certainly. He- <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 it's crazy to watch them because it, we, Bama's been good for so many years now. Uh, you know, every year they're, they're a top two team, honestly. But they usually do it with defense. And to watch them do it on the offense side of the ball, like, scary. It's not, it, it, it is definitely scary. And then watching them now playing against Auburn, it's not that hard to be good on, against defense on Auburn because all they can do is run the ball because Bo Nix is terrible at quarterback. But He's a tight end that, plays, <laughs> that throws the ball a couple times a game. Exactly. If he makes it to the NFL, he will be playing tight end. He will not be playing quarterback. Or fullback, maybe. He might be a fullback, honestly. <laughs> but uh, to watch them do it, just the way they do it, like – it, it's like it's like refreshing, but also so scary to see them just dominate on offense and then be good on defense too. Like, I don't know. And then to do it without even Nick Saban on the sideline, like, come on. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure he's there, you know, all times. Like, like they probably have a robot with a computer monitor going around and Nick Saban's talking on it. But yeah, geez, dude, they and they still do it on the running route. Naheem Hines. Uh, or not Naheem Hines, excuse me, I'm thinking of the Colts. Uh, Harris. Yeah, Naheem Hines. Is, yeah. Yeah. He, well, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> not, yeah, Harris, what I, I don't even know. I'm not going to say his first name. I'll, I'll mispronounce it. He had, a, he almost had, yards. he almost had 100 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And I mean, usually we're used to seeing Bama running backs have, you know, almost 200 yards and three touchdowns. And they're still doing it on the ground. They're doing it through the air now and defensively. Like the only thing they need now is, is a better kicker. Um, He's not bad. He's not bad, but they've always had kicker issues. They were in the they they might have the I don't know. We'll see. I think in the future they're in the NFL they're gonna call Patrick certain Patrick certain the curtain because he's covering up those throwing windows. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Now Stone. That's me. I know. I know. Right now, there's it's a two man race for the Heisman Trophy, but you you had an, you heard an argument from an, an ex-Bama quarterback. What was that argument about, sir? So, uh, what's his name again? Sandy? Greg McElroy. Greg McElroy oh, was – What's the supermodel's name? What's it? Catherine Webb. His, his, her husband, that's what he's really known as. No, oh, that's, wow. That's A.J. McCarron. That's A.J. McCarron. That, no, how did I make the mistake? Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, uh, McElroy, yeah, McElroy, um, he got, so he was on one of his, whatever shows that he does. And he was, he was asked a question like, what's wrong with, you know, or I guess they were talking about the Heisman and he basically went on a rant and was like, well, what's wrong with the Heisman is the people who vote for it. And he was saying like, because of the, the the people that vote for it, all they look at are stats. They don't actually watch the games. So, of course, like these when these quarterbacks have like big time stats, like that's all they care about because they don't watch the actually watch the games. They're just stat watching. So, his argument was that it's turned into a quarterback driven award or an offensive player driven award. He was like, he his big thing was like defensive guys just like don't get they don't get the respect they deserve and like me being a defensive guy yes that's exactly what that award has turned into and realistically went well I think the last defensive player that won it was Woodson and the only reason he won it is because he had like returned touchdowns like as in like a returner not like an interception for a return like 
he had like basically special teams offensive type stats, and that's what won him the the Heisman. If we go back to like 2009, when uh, Sue, his like his stats and what like the havoc he wreaked on offenses, like his stats alone by himself were better than like the majority by himself. That's not any of the other defensive guys on his team were better than the majority of like other big 12 schools and other like top schools in the country. It was like absolutely insane. And he didn't even make it to, he didn't even make it to New York. They didn't even consider him. So it's like, it's stuff like that. And then McElroy talked about Roquan Smith and he was like a few years ago and he was like, dude, that guy, you didn't want to play him. And no, he never got considered for the Heisman because he didn't have a bunch of touchdowns and a bunch of, he just had tackles and sacks or whatever. And he didn't have enough of them for it to intrigue the voters and for, for him to be a quarterback and talk about like, this is not good. We need to have better people voting for this. That I think that kind of reassures like where he's coming from that. Yes, it's the voters are an issue for it. And all it is, 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 like them trying to sell they're trying to you know get ratings up or whatever because people are gonna like the random fan or whatever is gonna know who trevor lawrence is or um you know somebody like matt jones or trask they're gonna know who those guys are so they'll get more viewers from you know the average person but the problem, like, that's the problem. He's like, it's dumb the award down. It's not a football guy award. It's, it's now it's an award for, you know, everybody else who doesn't even really care about football. But then, you know, they can go into work the next day and be like, hey, did you see Trevor Lawrence win? Because that's who they know, and that's it. And they don't care to watch the game deeper. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, we've talked about how the Heisman has turned. In my opinion, it's turned from – the best player in college football to the best player on the best team in college football. Same as the MVP in the NFL. It's the best yep. player. Uh, it's, the, it's it's really now it's dumbed down. Like you said, dumbed down to the best quarterback Yes. on yeah. the best team in respective, uh, I guess, leagues between football or college football and the NFL. So, it, but I mean, it, it is an advertisement thing. You know, it's super easy to advertise the quarterback compared to, you know, a cornerback or a safety, or even a defensive lineman. Even yeah. Indomitian Sue, when he was up for the Heisman, like, I, I assume not the average person knew who Sue was, even though he was making crazy plays um, as a defensive lineman for, for Nebraska back then. So it's definitely turned, and it sucks to see the same faces and really the same position group always be at the top but at the end of the day that's what the nfl and the college football has turned into is if you have a if you have the best quarterback on your team you're going to be a good football team yeah and that sucks because it's like as like a defensive guy you have to have like ungodly numbers like you have to like be able to take over every game for you to even get considered which i think that's crazy that they don't even get considered because they're not like they're game changers but there's things that Defensive guys do that are game changers in their own way that aren't scoring points. Cattle on. Yeah, exactly. It's like something like him. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say he should be considered for. (laughs) Don't. But it's just stuff like that where it's, it's like, you can tell, like, even them just being on the field makes a whole, like a big difference. And, and they may not even be affecting plays as much as you would, you would think like for like a touchdown or whatever. But exactly. it's, I mean, yeah, I, I can't stand it that it's turned into that. Yeah. You, you almost need to be like a Charles, Wood, Charles Woodson in a sense where you return kicks or even play both ways on offense and defense to even be considered. Cause if you're playing receiver and you're putting up good stats and you're playing defense and you're going to put up good stats then maybe you would be considered, uh, which is crazy to even think, but that does it for our week 12 recap. We're going to go ahead and look into week excuse me, week 13. Um, we're going to look into week some week 14 games, some notable games to keep an eye out for. A&M plays Auburn. Uh, I believe this is probably their last tough test of the year. Um, they play Saturday at 11. 
We've got Texas against Kansas State, and this one's notable because they're going to Kansas State. We talked to Glenn Williams early, earlier this year. This is a place where teams go to die, at least Big 12 teams. Except Iowa State. Except Iowa State, yep. Except Jesus. Iowa State. But Kansas State, or Texas goes to Kansas State. That's a good game to keep an eye out for. Arkansas and company play again. They play against Missouri. The battle line rivalry. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday at 11, tune into that one. We've got Indiana going to Wisconsin. Unfortunately, Wisconsin. In, unfortunately Indiana's without Michael Penix Jr. Um, some other notable games, Florida going to Tennessee. So we've got Florida, 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 Tennessee. I know it's not a big game because Florida's really good. Tennessee sucks. Boo, Tennessee. But you know, it's a it's a notable game, I guess you could say. Uh, Clemson, Virginia Tech in Virginia Tech. Notable Ooh. game, I guess you can watch. Clemson will probably kill them. Uh, Bama, LSU, another notable game just because of the rivalry that, that it is. But I <laughs> solely believe Bama will destroy LSU. And then the game of the week, boys, Notre Dame-Syracuse for the undefeated season of Notre Dame. Just kidding. The game, the actual game of the week, we've got Liberty going to Coastal Carolina. Be on the lookout. ESPNU, check it out, 1 p.m. on Saturday. Honestly, could probably be one of the better games of the year, even though they're not notable teams. I think a lot of a lot of people um, have been keeping their eyes out on both these teams, so, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, should be a good game. There's some good games next week. Not great games, but um, Rice plays Marshall. Our boy Wiley Green's team plays Marshall. I know Sandy's in love with Marshall's quarterback. That should be maybe a good I'm game. more in love with Rice's quarterback, Drew. Yeah, me too, me too. <clears throat> but that'll do it for this episode. If you guys want to check out more episodes, you guys can go to Spotify, Apple, uh, anywhere else you guys find your podcast, you guys can check about our weekly episodes that we post. You guys, go ahead and also check out our interviews that we've had with some of our football guys. Like and, Wiley. Like Wiley and, and some Jonathan. of our volleyball, volleyball athletes. Uh, TJ Ooh. McDaniel's episode will drop. Uh, it would have had dropped Tuesday. So go check out his interview as well. Uh, he plays for SMU. If you guys want to check out more of our daily content that Stone, Sandy, and I post, go to Twitter looks up at splitting ups. Check us out there. But other than that, we are done here. It is December 1st, boys. And that means we're going to end with some Christmas music. Hell yeah. It's the best I mean, time of the year. Yes. What? I said, I said heaven's yes, not hell yeah. It's Christmas time. <laughs> Boy. It's Christmas time. It's the best time of the year. We're going to end with some happy music. But that'll do it for us, us here at Spoon Up Rice Podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Go Hogs. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten It's glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes that glow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store but the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own front door A pair of hop-along boots And a pistol that shoots Is the wish of Barney and Ben Dawes that'll talk and will go for a walk Is the hope of Janice and Jen And Mom and Dad can hardly wait For school to start again It's beginning to look a lot Like Christmas Everywhere you go There's a tree in the Grand Hotel One in the park as well 
It's the sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Soon the bells will start And the thing that'll make them ring Is the carol that you sing right within your Beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own front door Sure it's Christmas once a more.